Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, our podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one maybe not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian for the Gwinnett County Public Library, and I love YA. I'm Patty. I'm the Youth Services Manager for the Gwinnett County Public Library, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist at Gwinnett County Library, and I am not really a fan of YA. Let's go around briefly and tell everyone what we're reading right now. I am reading Pride and Premeditation by Tirza Price, which as you've probably guessed is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice. This one twists the story a bit and turns the tale into a murder mystery with a 17-year-old Lizzie Bennett, who's an aspiring lawyer, trying to solve the murder while pitted against a Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy, who is trying to keep her from meddling with his case. I kind of had a hard time getting into this one at the beginning. It was a little slow and kind of boring to me. Okay, is it going to spoil it if I asked if they kill that horrible, horrible, um, oh, what's his name? The cousin who comes to visit and ends up marrying the friend. Um, Mr. Collins? Collins? No. Um, Collins in this one, uh, her father is a barrister, so he's a lawyer, and Mr. Collins is working at her father's firm and is going to inherit the business since uh, Mr. Bennett only has daughters. And so there's strife there between Lizzie and Collins anyway. And he does want to marry her in this one. She does not. He's the worst. He's kind of the worst in this one, too. I'm only about halfway through um, and have some predictions about how it's going to all unfold. I mean, obviously, we know in Pride and Prejudice who's going to end up with who. But... I don't a, know about this murder. That would be very much of a change. <laughs> I think that would be maybe too much of a change to be a classic retelling, but... Yeah, you'd make a lot of fans very upset. I mean, there's already that tension between Lizzie and Darcy, so I think it's definitely going that way. What are you, what are you reading, Patty? I just started a book called Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. Um, I'm just going to read the synopsis of this book because, uh, like I said, I just started it. It's very good so far. It's grabbed me from the first page. But it says, for as long as she can remember, Evangeline Fox has believed in true love and happy endings until she learns that the love of her life will marry another. Desperate to stop the wedding and to heal her wounded heart, Evangeline strikes a deal with the charismatic but wicked Prince of Hearts in exchange for his help, he asks her for three kisses to be given at the time of place of his choosing. But after Evangeline's first promised kiss, she learns that bargaining with an immortal is a dangerous game and that the Prince of Hearts wants far more from her than she'd pledged. He has plans for Evangeline, plans that will either end in the greatest happily ever after ever or the most exquisite tragedy. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Um, it's very good so far, and I, I like it a lot. And I am reading Written in Starlight by Isabel Ibanez, and it is about a condessa named Catalina who has lost her uh, kingdom recently, and she was betrayed by her best friend, and she's been banished to the jungles in South America where she runs into an old friend, Manuel, and love interest who's now helping her try to... Um, navigate the jungle and said that maybe she can get back her kingdom and this is like a fantasy book so it's sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark but there's also magic going on 
It's entertaining. I did find out only when I was about 30% in that this is a sequel, and I did not read the first one, which is called Woven in Moonlight. So if this plot sounds interesting to you, I would go straight to Woven in Moonlight and so that you will know the backstory, which I do not as I'm reading this book. Do you feel like you're missing anything? I feel like I'm missing some of the things, but they've they've done a good job of kind of setting up where she is now. But this whole um, betrayal of her, from her best friend who is now ruling in her stead, I, you know, don't really, I know that she's been betrayed, but I'd you don't, you don't have, have I don't have yeah I don't know the backstory of that. Does that one hit any of your? Uh, she does not have parents. Bad YA takes. And uh, yeah, and Manuel does not have parents. There is a slow burn romance, it seems, which is better to me. I like that than the insta love. And there are vampire butterflies, so you gotta love that. Okay, now I'm intrigued. I know you kind of got me at vampire butterflies for some reason. They're just like mosquitoes, but bigger. Oh, yeah. Good point. I I like to read uh, (laughs) about people with insect issues, apparently. Last year was bed bugs. Yeah. Bed bugs. And now you're on to blood-sucking butterflies. now I'm on to blood-sucking butterflies, yeah. Mm. Nice. Maybe it's because insects are one of my phobias. I I should say, I like insects when they're over there, just not on me. Nature is so nature-y. Same. Same with the bugs. As long as I can observe you at a distance, you're fine. Invade my space? No. <laughs> I do try to relocate versus... Same. You know. Same. Yeah. So this has been our We Talk About Bugs corner. Right. We'll move on now. It's a very yeah. important part. Yeah. Now that we're done discussing bugs, let's move on to our topic of the day. There are no bugs in the topic of the day. Yeah. In our last episode, you'll recall the book that Patty assigned us was The Black Flamingo by Dean Otta. This one's a queer contemporary novel written in verse. It says, Michael is a mixed-race gay teen growing up in London. All his life, he's navigated what it means to be Greek, Cyprot, and Jamaican, but never quite feeling Greek or black enough. As he gets older, Michael's coming out is only the start of learning who he is and where he fits in. When he discovers the drag society, he finally finds where he belongs, and the black flamingo is born. Told with raw honesty, insight, and lyricism, this debut explores layers of identity that make us who we are and allow us to shine. Let's go ahead and do the cover talk for this one. Oh yeah, this has a good cover. So the cover of this one is a black cover with line drawings of flamingos on it with the black flamingo in beautiful yellow and white cursive writing with a picture of Michael on the front in his pink feather boa. It's very pink and black and yellow and it really pops. Yeah, I really love this cover. Firstly, I love Michael on the cover. I just think he's beautiful. Like, and I love the way he's staring out at you. Like he's just challenging yes. you. Yes. Yeah. I like the style of the artwork, which is uh, reminiscent of a graphic novel to me. And uh, yeah. that's always appealing. And I love the outlines of the flamingo on the back, on the black background. Like, so he's surrounded by a, a ton of black flamingos. 
What I also like about this book, I'm holding the hardcover, and when you open it up and take off the cover, the entire naked cover is bright fluorescent pink with black flamingos on it, and I love it. Yeah, that's actually even nicer than the I do. paper cover, really. I love flamingos, so to me that's beautiful. But the one thing I wish the cover had would be Michael with a little scruff, because it's kind of important in the end. I feel like as part of his drag persona. Oh yeah, he doesn't. He's yeah, very clean the, shaven on the cover. And he's not in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's I my not that's that. my only thing with that. But other I mean, beautiful cover. And I guess really that would only that would be something you would only know after reading the book. So judging the book by the cover, I would definitely pick it up. Same. <laughs> it's just so pretty. Like I was I was drawn. I love the pink. Before we take our dive into talking about the book, uh, this one does have a few trigger warnings. So it does deal with issues of homophobia, basically all the phobias, homophobia, transphobia, lesbophobia. It's got racism, bullying, drug use, abuse of pretty much every variety. There's emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Man, we're really just making this book sound like kind of a downer and yeah. it is absolutely not no i think it's the opposite of a it downer is, it is a beautiful book but i mean it does cover these issues i mean there's also toxic relationships oh. and issues of consent i really love this book um i love that it takes you kind of through his whole life which i really i like that you get a really nice perspective on michael and i really enjoy i enjoy books in verse more than I thought I would. <laughs> it seems like something that I was like, well, I would miss all the all the details and description. Um, but I think they do such a good job giving you everything you need. And they just boil it down right to the heart of what they're talking about. And this book really does that very well. Yeah, I think poetry does a good job of, with a small amount of words, like, giving you this whole beautiful picture sometimes Uh, yes and it's so good and I just love how I I feel like um as he gets older in the book the poems kind of become more and more complex too I liked that um and I love how it's divided into sections so you get like um when he goes to university and when he, when he's in high school and when he goes to university and when he starts drag and all of that. I, I think that's a really nice way to structure the book as well. And in the book, there's nice dividers. Like there's that like cover page for the section that has that same uh, black with the outline of flamingo motif going on, which I thought was cool. Yes. And I also really like how in the book he writes poetry. And so even though the whole book is is poetry, the his poems in the book are it's signified by italics and it's very clear to see, but they also add into the story as well. It's it's really cool. I like that the way this is structured. And it's just a great story. It's a great story about growing up and growing into yourself and finding your people. And I love it. It's a what do we say? A buildings Roman? What is that I word? don't know how you pronounce that. You know, that coming of age, Zildungstrom. You know is it German? About? Yeah. I don't, I yeah, don't know what because that is. Because they have a word for everything. <laughs> uh, I'll look it up. Okay. 
and make sure I say it correctly. While you're looking that up, I like how this book, it's all about embracing your uniqueness. Yes. I really, I love that. And I like that he, it isn't easy for him. He has his stumbles and Sarah right now is listening to her computer pronounce German words. Sorry. <laughs> Bildungsroman. Oh, Bildungsroman. Bildungsroman. What does that mean? B-I-L-D-U-N-G-S-R-O-M-A-N. And it's a word that means it's uh, a novel dealing with one person's formative years or spiritual education. Is it actually German? I believe. It sounds German. We wouldn't want to give false information, though, on this podcast. So we are going to check. Because we are librarians. We do know how to research. <laughs> Tell us, what is the etymology of the word? Build, buildings Roman? Did I say that right? Yes. It comes from the German words building and Roman. But not a Roman building. It's a literary genre that focuses on the psychological and moral growth of the protagonist from childhood to adulthood. Basically, it's a coming-of-age story in which the character change is important. The term comes from the German words Bildung, meaning education, and Roman, meaning novel. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that is this book. And if you search that term, if you can remember how to spell it, in our library catalog, it will pull up all kinds of titles that follow that pattern. Oh, that's cool. Well, I've learned something new today. <laughs> Thank you. Look at you You're being a proper welcome. librarian, Sarah. <laughs> I agree with your characterization of the book. I described this book as um, a multivitamin where there's a lot of like easily digestible good things for you. Oh, I a like small that. little package. I know. I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I um, was telling Catherine, I don't, I haven't typically read books that are on the theme of um, identity, gender identity, and that kind of thing. I've read books with those characters, but I haven't specifically read a book where that is the topic of the book. And I wasn't sure before I read it if I was going to find it relatable, but I really felt like in the end, this book is about um, just discovering you yourself, like you were saying, and loving yourself. And anybody can relate to that, you know, trying to find out um, what it is about you that you can really embrace despite what other people in society might be telling you about that. Yeah, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about embracing your uniqueness. Exactly. Which I thought was super cool because it relates to how unique black flamingos actually are in nature. And I did some research on black flamingos and I uh, stumbled across like... There was a black flamingo sighting in Cyprus. So that part of this book, that was like true life, which I thought was super cool. And, I mean, this book is not a memoir, but it is loosely based on elements from the author. Right. From the author, Dean Ada's, uh his own coming of age, I think. Yes, it's got autobiographical themes. Because I know he's also, he does drag as well. I will say this does fall into some of my, you know, provoke some of my issues with YA in that Michael has a parent who is not even absent. He's kind of worse than absent because he's deliberately ignoring him. But I will say this one has a lot of really good grown-up people in it like his mother is very involved in his life and his uncle his uncle really is involved in his life and support him and 
love him, which I, I like that. Yes, he has some the issues around coming out and, and all of that, but he, his mother and his, his uncle, like he's never abandoned by his family, which I really, I think is important and nice to see because so often if you're writing what could be an issue book, that is something that happens. So I think I like that this is an issue book that isn't preachy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I like how, you know, in his coming out story, like even with his mother, like I felt like that was like a, a real true interaction. I think some of that has to be because he was, it, like you said, it's not a memoir, but he is writing from his life. And mm -hmm. I think that, that this has a, the whole book, feels very real and very concrete and like it's it's very easy to believe that yes this is a real guy and he really went through all this and like this has really happened okay I'm going to ask a question that we haven't really asked about um in when we've talked about some of our other books but does any do you have a favorite part like something that stood out to you that you really loved because like for me and I and you know of course it is because it's the culmination of the book but I loved his his show his drag show and I loved his confrontation with Jack at the end that he I was got gonna say, that moment I loved that moment at the end it was like a vindication moment yeah and, I mean and kind of summed up the story him owning himself and being good with that and being like you don't have to be good with me I'm good with me I just it's a great message and I really loved it my favorite part was um, there's a speech that his friend Lenny makes, and it's a really short, it's just like a page or two, and but it was so powerful that I felt like I want to write that down and keep it. To me, it was, anyway. But I really liked Lenny as well. This is the, the part I'm talking about. I only date black guys, says Sienna. That's messed up, too, shouts Lenny. Do you two hear yourselves? You both need to understand the black woman, black man, black trans person is always last to be thought of as attractive in this white supremacist society. We are all black and white alike, shown a beauty standard of light skin and good hair, maybe big lips, maybe a big bum, but hardly ever on someone with darker skin. When a black person says they're only into white people, that's internalized racism. When a white person says they're only into black people, that's fetish fetishization that's fetishization which is also a form of racism if their skin or racialized features matter more to you than the person within that's racism i can't be your friend without calling this out your ignorance may be innocent but the racism is real i want both of you to think about how what you said might make me feel i just realized that's actually a quote i had written down <laughs> was the end of that speech your ignorance may be innocent but the racism is real exactly that that's really the stood part out to me. that's the part that i was thinking of it's yeah. just it yeah i i found that whole speech to be pretty powerful uh, one of my favorite parts from the book is his trip to cyprus um it's one of the instances where they're watching the news and the black flamingos on there again and his grandfather is asking why does it matter if he's black adding the other flamingos don't care <laughs> and uh how michael took that was that the grandfather was saying that he loved him which i thought was oh, so sweet yeah. but then there's also you know they're at the airport they're coming home they're buying gifts from the gift shop and he wants the flamingo toy and the mom is like well i'll get the flamingo toy for your sister uh you're getting this cologne 
and I'm buying this other perfume for Daisy. But then when he gets home, his sister has put the flamingo on his pillow. I just thought that was so sweet. Yeah, yeah I really like the relationship between him and his sister. It's, I do it's too. very sweet and loving. I will say his sister is one of my favorite characters in the book. She's not in there a ton, but I just love how she's just, she knows him. Like even almost better than he knows himself from the beginning yeah. or that he's come to terms with himself. She already accepts him for who he is. And I just love that you see that in all of their their goings on. And I just I just love her. Yeah, I really liked all the side characters that y- you are supposed to like. There's a couple that you do not like. Um, but all the side characters had really good stories and, and moments. They all had a great moment. And I just, I love them. Um, I love that you get some of Daisy's kind of story as well. I would, I would love a story about Daisy. I, I don't think he's going to write one because that's not his perspective. But she is such an interesting character and in how she discovers her own identity and coming out and all of this stuff. And I loved that too. But I, I like how supportive his friends are of him. They're going to show up to his poetry readings. Look, I have, I have a lot of friends who I would not show up for their poetry readings. So I, I really liked that. I wish Lenny had been developed more too. I agree. We got more oh, information yeah. about Lenny. Lenny's really cool. Yeah, he's dropped in as a very supportive character that clearly has a lot of uh, good things to say and things on his mind. And yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a hardship to read more about him. No, and this book definitely, I mean, it ends where it needs to end. It has a beautiful, wonderful ending, and it is perfect. But again, and, and this is this is tying into what Sarah doesn't like about YA. There's so many series, but it's like no, this book. I, I would love another book about these characters. I'd love to find out what happens with him and is it Keen? Con- Kieran. Kieran. Ah, that's it. I would love to find out what happens with him and Kieran because I think that's going to be good. And I would love to just see more and like learn more as he goes and gets better at drag and becomes more comfortable in that persona I would love to see more of that and I love Ms. B oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. the best but with Kieran he's another kind of undeveloped character that yeah we could see a lot more of Kieran oh I would love more of Kieran I would love his story too God. yeah so basically I just th- give her more please <laughs> more <laughs> you're listening dean we need 12 more books i i would take three three more books one of the other things i want to make sure that we highlight is in the very back of the book there is a page for resources and support that has a bunch of really great organizations who work with both uh, lgbtq youth and with um, there's Amnesty International and the Anne Frank Trust and the Human Rights Campaign, and it has their websites. So I I want to highlight that, too. I really love that he has given us uh, someone who might pick this book up because this is aimed at teens, and maybe they're looking for some help, and I really like that there's a place that they can go to get that. Do you have anything you would suggest to readers looking for something if they really liked this one? You know, I do. I have a fun romance. It's called uh, um, You Should See Me in a Crown. And it's by Lee Johnson. And it is absolutely just 
delightful. It features a black queer main character. It's not in verse, but it is just a super fluffy and light. And it's about a girl named Liz who all she wants to do is get out of her Midwest prom obsessed town and go to college. There's a specific college she wants to go to. She wants to play in the orchestra and she wants to become a doctor. She has her whole life planned out and then her scholarship falls through. And she's like, I don't know. Oh, oh dear. What do I do? And then she remembers that there is a scholarship attached to becoming prom queen. And so she's like, all right, I will do whatever it takes. She does not want to do this. She's like, she's not into this at all, but she is going to, by God, win prom queen so she can get the scholarship and get out. And then she happens to fall for the new girl, Mac, who is also running for prom queen. So I will not give it away, but it is, it's delightful and fluffy and joyful. And I just, I really love it. And if you are looking for a book that has a black queer main character and it's about black joy and, and not just the downtroddenness of the world, it's so light and fluffy and delightful. And I just, I can't recommend it enough. It's called You Should See Me in a Crown. What about you, Sarah? Uh, I would recommend this one that is also written in verse. It's called 500 Words or Less by Julia Del Rosario. And it is about a 17-year-old girl, um, Nick Chen, who, um, like Michael, deals with issues of being biracial. And she grows up in a really affluent community. Her um, high school is filled with kids who want to get into Ivy League colleges and somehow she's been roped into now writing all their entrance essays. Mm. Um, she also deals with having a um, ex where that relationship fell apart badly and her mother is missing. So, so far I've only just begun this book, but I enjoy it and I enjoy books written in verse I'm finding. So I would say if you like novels in verse, there are a few authors you should check out. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about their books, but one is Elizabeth Acevedo. The other is Lori Hulse Anderson. She has a couple. And then Ellen Hopkins kind of writes pretty much all of hers in verse. Those are all three really good ones. <laughs> as far as queer literature goes, the first I would recommend is I Wish You All the Best by Mason Deaver. It has been that has just come out to their parents as non-binary they get immediately thrown out of the house upon coming out. It follows them through struggles, through coming of age. So it's another good one that kind of ties back into that coming of age or that building's Roman word Sarah shared earlier. When you leave this podcast, you're going to learn one thing and that one thing is going to be building's Roman. <laughs> it's not a bad word to know. The other I would recommend is We Contain Multitudes by Sarah Hinstra. This one has trigger warnings as well with abuse and drugs. I will go ahead and point that out. This one has Jonathan and Adam, or Curl, as they're known in the book. And it follows their uh, relationship, kind of, which isn't necessarily the best relationship. It is definitely rocky. So it goes through ups and major downs. But it's composed of their letters to each other, and I thought that was pretty cool. It's another cool format, like written in verse. I do really like um, a 
epistolary novels. Oh, yes, I remember the word. And what does epistolary mean? It means that the book is told through letters. On that note, I think we are at the time of the show where Sarah is going to assign us our next title. Sarah's going to pick a YA book. Gonna I be difficult have to pick for a YA book. Yes, indeed. I am going to assign you the book Small Favors by Aaron A. Craig. And this book is about a town, presumably in the American West someplace. It's very rural. There's a family there. The main character's name is Ellery. She is part of this family where they farm and they are beekeepers. And then things start to go really, really weird. Do the bees attack? The bees do not attack, but things do attack. Things from the woods start attacking. There's always things in the woods. You gotta gotta stay out of the woods. Right. There is blood. There is treachery. There are strange things afoot. And Ellery's situation seems to get worse by the day. Okay. And uh, there's definitely some supernatural things going on in there. So... We're going to check that one out. You guys are going to love it. I don't like bees. Well, maybe you'll grow fond of the bees <laughs> in this story. <laughs> They're keeping them the family alive, so. All right, I guess. This has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Patty. And I'm Catherine. And we want you to join us next time when we spill the tea on Small Favors. Small Favors, The Black Flamingo, and the other books discussed are all available in our catalog. So we hope you check them out and keep reading. Remember to like, review, and subscribe.